Hi FM presents South African politics and news with the South African Institute of Race Relations. The IRR show, independent, relevant and real, is hosted by Sarah Gon every Tuesday morning from 9 to 10, promoting life, liberty and property rights. My guest is Andrew Kenny and when I went to find his uh, bio, I'd forgotten that I all I have is that he's a writer, an engineer, and a classical liberal. Uh, welcome, Andrew, and can you elaborate on that for our for our listeners? Thank you very much for having me, and good morning to you and your listeners. Um, no, that's about it. I've got degrees in uh, physics, applied maths, and engineering. Uh, worked as a worked in industry for about 17 years including working a bit for ESCOM in both nuclear and the coal. Um, I've spent uh, uh, seven years doing energy research at the University of Cape Town, and I do a bit of freelance journalism on environmental and political themes. Right. That, that helps to give us the background we need for to introduce the subject. And essentially the subject is uh, this threat of the apocalypse that is global warming caused by CO2 is uh, is nonsense. Um, can I just read to you uh, a comment John Kerry made the other day, yes. which uh, as the new White House special envoy on climate, he warned that there was less than a decade left to avoid the worst of a climate catastrophe. And I quote, around 2030 is the date at which we have to get the world now on the right path in order to cap the level of warming at that level of 1.5 degrees Celsius, he said at a Munich security conference. Um, he, I, I think I, would I be right in, in declaring uh, um, Kerry as a sort of catastrophist? Well, what is just said there is, it's not slightly wrong. It's complete nonsense, absolute nonsense. I've actually met Kerry once. He's, he's yeah. quite, quite yeah. a nice chap. But but he but he this is complete, absolute rubbish. This is the thing about the the the, the, the climate change um, alarm. It it it's from beginning to end. It's total rubbish. It's not only non-scientific. It's anti-scientific. It's going against science. And I can elaborate. Shall I elaborate? Um, yes, please, because you know one of the things we've had to we we all have to deal with and try and get our heads around is the fact that you have this huge, huge um, climate, essentially what I would call a climate dis- destruction lobby that is yes. unbelievably powerful and is seen to have yes. sucked in uh, uh, governments. And my, I'm a bit of a skeptic, and I, I kind of. I, I, I need to understand the science, and I, 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 my pro, I think my problem is the same as most people, and that is that you hear their arguments on CO2, and then you hear other arguments, and as, as, as a layman, you, you're just not necessarily enti- sure which way to go. So I leave it up to you. All right. This, this, as you say, this is now a worldwide movement. It's like a new religion. It's like a, a sort of religion of the rich bourgeoisie around the world. Can, uh, a religion of, of catastrophe and apocalypse and so forth. By the way, which we've had them down the ages. This is nothing unusual. It's just a new manifestation of an old of an old thing. Warnings of doom, and these people just love it. They love the thought that we're all doomed now. The talk that we we got less than a decade. Absolute, absolute rubbish. Let me just go through it quickly. Mm-hmm. What this, what the scare says is this. They say well. Mankind has increased carbon dioxide in, in the atmosphere, 
Um, carbon dioxide is a greenhouse gas. And look, we've been increasing it over the last 150 years or so. And in that time, there has been a bit of warming. All of that's true. Okay, but what's not true is that there's no evidence that the rising carbon dioxide has caused the warming. The warming itself is absolutely nothing to worry about. It's no different from previous warming periods when carbon dioxide was lower than now. We can't see any relationship at all. If you look over 550 million years, in other words, since the, uh, since the beginning of the Cambrian, you can't see any correlation between carbon dioxide, which fluctuates wildly, and temperatures. The one isn't causing the other. There's no correlation between them. Let me just sum it up. Carbon dioxide is a wonderful, natural, safe, um, life-giving gas. Without carbon dioxide, there'll be no higher life forms on Earth. Plants depend on it, and we depend on plants. So if there's no carbon dioxide, we wouldn't be here. And if carbon dioxide dropped too low, we should threaten to do so um, in, in, uh, about 10,000 years ago, longer than that, about 50,000 years ago. If it had dropped further, there would be mass extinction. The carbon dioxide has risen uh, in the last 150 years, and the reason is us, is mankind. Burning fossil fuels has increased carbon dioxide. It's not because of volcanoes, as some people call it. It's because of us. We've increased it. And it's a jolly good thing. Carbon dioxide is a greenhouse gas. Let me just explain. Mm. If you do a, 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 um, a calculation, what should the Earth's temperature be now based on the amount of heat that's coming from the sun and the amount of heat that's leaving the Earth? You, you find out you get a temperature that's about 30 degrees lower than it actually is. So, well, why is it 30 degrees warmer, thank goodness, by the way, than the calculation shown? The answer is because of greenhouse gases. There's certain gases in the atmosphere that act like a blanket and they stop heat, heat escaping from the Earth into, into outer space. These are called greenhouse gases. By far the most important one is water vapor. And water comes in various forms as a gas steam, as water and as ice. Water is by far the most important one. Carbon dioxide is, is a very minor one. It's true. It is a slight, um, it is a, 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 a greenhouse gas, but it is a weak one. And furthermore, um, it's, it absorbs, uh, the greenhouse gases don't absorb all over the wavelengths. I don't want to go into too much detail. Mm. Carbon dioxide only absorbs at one wave, one wave band, which is 15 micron, if you want to know. That is already saturated at its peak. In other words, it's already at levels far below it is now. It's already taken out all of the, um, of the, of the radiation possible. Adding more, will have, in theory, a slight effect and, in practice, no effect at all. We can't see any effect by it. And if you look at the, as I say, if you look at the past, since the last Ice Age, which ended about 12,000 years ago, say, there's been a series of ups and downs, of temperatures going up and down, and it's got nothing to do with carbon dioxide. The last warming period, we've got a, there's a slight warming now. The previous one, the medieval warm period, this was more or less from 900 A.D. to about 1200 A.D., something like that. Temperatures around the world on all five continents were slightly warmer than now, while carbon dioxide was lower than now. Carbon dioxide now, you, you give us in parts per million. 
Mm. Um, it was, it's now, we've, we've written it now to about 430, something like that. It was 280 in the medieval warm period when temperatures were higher than now. Previous to that was the Roman warming. This was when Julius Caesar was, was, was born, just about 100 BC. Temperatures were higher than now. And carbon dioxide was lower than now. And before that, there was another one when it was higher than now. Carbon dioxide doesn't affect temperatures. And then, then, the, then you have other things. Oh, but by the way, when they realized this, the scare began to be called global warming. Then they changed to climate change. Mm. Why did they do that? Well, the conspiracists say, well, because there actually wasn't any dangerous global warming at all. So they looked around for other things. So what they looked around for, any extreme weather, a hurricane, a flood, a drought, a storm or whatever, that's, that, that was caused by rising carbon dioxide. Complete nonsense. In, in, in the last 50 years or so, um, the last 100 years or so, there's been no increase whatsoever in extreme weather events. None. They occur down the ages. They've been occurred ever since the earth formed. It's just a natural phenomenon. There's been no increase in hurricanes, no increase in droughts, no increase in floods and so forth. Just to give an example, um, in, in, I, I live in Cape Town in Langsburg, which is about uh, 200 k's away. In, I don't know if you remember this, but in January 1981, there was a terrible mm. flood in Lanesburg. Mm. If you go to Lanesburg now, I mean, it looks semi-desert. Well, the, where's the river? You can't see any sign of water anywhere. There was a terrible flood there in 1981, which killed over 100 people. Now, that was a tragedy, but it was just a natural extreme weather event. Far worse than anything has happened recently. Um, and, and that was 40 years ago. These, these things occur naturally. There is absolutely no climate crisis. There's nothing to worry about as far as carbon dioxide and climate is concerned. Of course, you must worry about natural um, 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 climate extremes. Of course, yes. And they're, they're of terrific concern, which Lanesburg is a spring example, but it's not caused by carbon dioxide. There is no climate crisis at all. One of, one of the, one of, for me, one of the worrying things about the political aspect is that if, it looks like the, the USA is going to demand higher sort of levels of the cutting of, of, of carbon emissions. And while countries like China and, and India may go along with it to some extent, there is no, I don't see there being any way that either those two countries nor Africa, um, can afford to follow this, this trend because our, our development and our growth and our movement out of poverty depends on reliable, uh, good, uh, energy supply. And if, if, if we go the, the, the sort of climate alarmist view of, of only renewables, we are going to be, we're going to be stuck. We're not going to go anywhere. We are going to go, so we're going to go backwards. We're going to become poorer. The environment's going to be, become much worse. It, giving up fossil fuels would be an absolute environmental disaster as well as an economic disaster. Life expectancy in the year 1900 was about 30. 30 years was, was life expectancy in 1900. By 2000, it was 60. Why was that? Well, because of massive economic development, mainly driven by, 
by fossil fuels, by coal, oil and gas. That's why we're so much healthier now than we've been in the whole history of mankind in the last 200,000 years. Um, that the idea that we should forsake this, and we should tell poor countries like Africa, this, this little um, um, schoolgirl, very rich, privileged schoolgirl from Sweden, Greta Thunberg, this yeah, is what she's yeah. saying. She's saying, look at me, look how rich and privileged I am. I'm living in the, the, one of the richest, cleanest countries on earth, namely Sweden. Why is Sweden so? Because of fossil fuels. Sweden's famous for its steels. How do you make steel with carbon? Um, it's, it's carbon that's made, that's made Sweden so, so, so successful. And she's saying, well, we're successful, but I don't want you to become successful to Africa. You're not allowed to have the, the fuels that made us rich. Instead, you must go to re renewables, which are useless, very expensive. No, sorry, let, sorry, let me qualify this. Um, renewable solar and wind are actually very good for off-grid applications. Solar water heating um, in the Karoo, you've got those, those wind pumps, which do a marvelous job. But for grid electricity, which is what we need, they're useless. They're expensive. Um, they're environmentally um, harmful. You need ten times as much um, um, cement, ten times as much steel per kilowatt hour for a wind turbine as, as you do for a nuclear plant. Um, and the, the idea that the, new, the Green New Deal, which the Democrats are now pushing in America, it will be it'll bankrupt the economy and it'll wreck the environment. These things are terrible. It, that that is an interesting point because I was listening to a podcast with uh, Bjorn Lomberg, the, um, yes. the environmentalist, and he, he made a number of points, one of which is that the, the, any, any idea of bringing down t temperature is a very, very long process. It certainly can't be done in nine years. That was the one point he made. Um, the other point he made was exactly what we've been talking about, essentially, that, you know, you need, you may, you need the fossil fuels to create the development that weans you off the, the, uh, the dependency on, on large numbers of fossil fuels. Um, but the other, <clears throat> excuse me, the other point he made was that, and is referring to the ludicrously expensive Green Deal, mm. is that for, you know, less than 10% of that per annum, if countries like America put their money into innovation and research and development, um, you're more likely sooner to find ways to, to, to cut emissions or to deal with them in some way. And he says it is a hit and miss affair, but a bit like the catalytic converter, it revolutionized uh, the motor industry. And he's, he's essentially looking at a much more long-term, much simpler and much, uh, an, a, a process or a, a scenario that, that doesn't, uh, leave the, the developing countries at, at the mercy of the rich countries that can afford to spend a lot of money on off-the-grid electricity, theoretically, although I'm not so sure about that. Um, excuse me. There, there tends to be an argument, you hear it here often, that uh, renewable energy has become much cheaper. And, and yet, um, my sense of it is that it's not, it's not cheap to install, it's not cheap to run, it's not reliable enough to provide economic electricity. Why is there sort of this, this argument that it is cheaper and we're saying it's not cheaper? Okay, you give me a, <laughs> you've asked a lot of questions. Mm, sorry. Quickly. 
Lomberg, who I very much admire his work, but, but I, I agree with almost everything he says, except for the need. He seems to think that carbon dioxide might have some influence on the climate. Yes, I'm saying yes, it doesn't have any, none that we can see. So there's no need to reduce emissions at all, quite the opposite. They're good as they get better, crops grow better. We can see the greening of that. The more carbon dioxide you have, the better. Crop plots, forests grow better, crops grow better. The arid regions become greener. Um, about temperatures coming down, you mentioned temperatures coming down. Temperatures aren't affected by, by carbon dioxide. They're affected by the sun. And not the sun's um, amount, not the variations in the total amount of energy it produces, but in its emission of, of, of charged particles. And you can see through the ages when the sun's very active, as it was in the medieval warm period, temperatures were high. When it's very inactive, as it was the, the Little Ice Age, which was from about 1300 to about 1850, that was the coldest temperatures in the last 10,000 years when the sun was very, very inactive. If we had more time, I could explain how it happens. And that was a terrible time, a terrible time for us, with extreme weather events and, and, and droughts and, and so forth. Now that the tip, now that solar activity then increased and terms have gone up, now the sun's become very quiet. The sun's been very, very quiet over the last 20 years or so. And there's been no significant warming then. I actually predict that if the sun remains quiet, we're going to get a bit of cooling, not an ice age or anything like that. If the sun remains quiet, I think 2100 will be a bit cooler than now, a bit cooler than now. But that's nothing, we can't do anything about it. Nothing to do with us. This, this, just one thing about this absurd Paris Accord. We must try and, and keep temperatures 1.5 degrees lower than, than the pre-industrial. What a load of nonsense. What do you mean by pre-industrial? Julius Caesar, is that pre-industrial enough for you? When Julius Caesar was, was born, um, temperatures were about one degree higher than now. So what on earth are you talking about? And what they, what they, when they say pre-industrial, they took one narrow period in the little ice age with extreme low temperatures. How, how do you reduce temperatures? They haven't got a clue. Mm -hmm. That's why in that Paris Accord, there was no mention of levels of carbon dioxide because they, because they've got no idea right. how carbon dioxide affects temperature. Instead, keep it below 1.5. It was vague nonsense. Going on to renewables, Sorry, uh, uh, Andrew, can I, can, I, can I hold you there? Uh, we've just yes. got to go to an ad break, and yes. if I can pick up on renewables after that. Yes. Hashtag you don't have to be Jewish. Andrew, welcome back, and we're going to pick it up on the debate or the seesaw debate of renewables are getting cheaper versus mm. no renewables are not cheap at all. Okay. Okay, here's the, the paradox is this. They, they keep on saying, oh, look, Renewables are getting cheaper and cheaper, and gosh, the price of solar is going down and down. But when you look around the world, you see the more, more renewables you have on the grid, the higher the price of electricity, without exception. So G Germany now, with its ridiculous energy vendor, mm -hmm. um, they've phased out uh, uh, nuclear, which was their cheapest, most reliable source of electricity and very clean too, replaced it with solar and wind. And the price of electricity has gone up, 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 and the more they add, the higher it goes. The same thing with with Australia. They 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 had coal electricity, 
and the price of going down, down, down. And then they changed and they had more and more wind and solar in the, on the grid and the prices go up, up, up and keep going up. The same in, in, in America, the same wherever you look on earth, the more solar and wind you, you have, the more expensive the electricity at the same time as these people are telling you the price is going down. I explain exactly what's happening. The price of solar panels has gone down quite a bit recently. But that solar electricity is very bad electricity. The electricity has only got value if it comes out when you need it at the, in the right place at the right time, and it must be reliable. So in the middle of the, in the, middle of the day, in, in summer, the middle of the day, a, a, a kilowatt hour of, of solar electricity has got almost no value at all to ESCOM. When it's got very high value, when ESCOM needs electricity, is in winter on a weekday at 7 o'clock at night in the dock, then the value of electricity is very high. But solar can't provide it then. It can only provide it when the value is very low. So what ESCOM is forced to do, ESCOM doesn't want the solar electricity, it's forced to have it by the uh, REAP, which is our Renewable Energy Independent Power Producer Procurement Program. It's forced mm-hmm. to, to do that, but to integrate that fluctuating, unreliable electricity, solar and wind, into the grid is very, very expensive. You've got to have spinning reserve, you've got to back up, you've got to have a, a whole lot of a, a very expensive means of of taking this unreliable, unreliable, unpredictable electricity into the grid is very, very expensive. And that's why, even though they say, oh, look, solar panels are becoming cheaper, the final electricity, if it's going to be good, reliable electricity, will go up the more solar panels you, you put in. Just mm-hmm. on, but e- even with that, even paying for very bad electricity under REAP, ESCOM's latest um, and report, which was um, for the end of September last year, showed ESCOM is forced to buy this renewable electricity, was paying 224 cents a kilowatt hour, 224 cents a kilowatt hour for renewables. That's for wind and solar. Its selling price is about 100 cents a kilowatt hour. So it is forced to buy this electricity at double its selling price. It's absolutely crazy. But it's worse than that. That selling price isn't the cost to ESCOM. You probably have to add 200 onto that because of the huge cost of integrating it on the grid. So the, the true cost to ESCOM is probably about 424 cents a kilowatt hour for the so-called least cost electricity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I can vouch for that from a very, from a very small a private experience in that if, mm-hmm. um, we have uh, we we have some panels. Uh, the idea really being to cover us during load shedding. Um, I think I can't remember how many panels we've got offhand. We've got panels. Uh, we've we've got an inverter. We've got a couple of batteries, and we service a couple uh, parts of the house. Not all the house can't because you'll run down the battery very quickly, um, and so it'll cover us for about four hours if we don't. Uh, do, use anything that uh, that uh, that would generate needs electricity to generate heat, and the 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 cost we've gone to in buying the batteries etc. and and repairs and things going wrong, it's let's put it this way. I think for most people it's just not uh, it's 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 it can't even be considered in this particular economic climate. Well, I agree with you one hundred percent, and. 
that, that agree with everything that, 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 that we said. If you, what a, quite a good test would be <clears throat> to go further than you've gone. These people say, oh, it's, it's, you just have batteries for storage. You just have this, you just have that. You say, okay, you, you go ahead then. Show us how it's done. In, in your house, solar panels, you can buy them freely. Batteries, you can buy. They can buy all the controls and and everything. You set yourself up with a household that can run purely on renewables. Uh, tell us how you do, you know, through, uh, you're in Joburg now, through the, the Joburg winter, when you've got some, sometimes some um, days on end of, of, of cold weather. Show us how you get, show us how you get through your cooking at seven o'clock at night on your, on your batteries and your, on your solar panels. Uh, that, that's easy. That's, that's easy. I'll tell you how we get through. We use gas for cooking. Well, precisely. And we use wood for, for warmth. <laughs> well, that's precisely so. But, but, but that's what I'm saying. In other words, that the, so it, it can't work for, for grid electricity. Mm. If you've got, um, ESCOM, ESCOM has to, well, Here's a, here's an interesting thing. If you look at the back of your solar panel, it's got a lot of aluminium on it. They mm. use a tremendous amount. How do you make aluminium? Well, you make it in a big smelter, so you've got it rich as bay. That smelter must get a lot of electricity every minute of the year. If, it, mm. if, if electricity fails for six hours, that whole smelter, costing billions of rand, is a complete write-off. So they, they can't, ESCOM can't, can't say to the smelter, oh, so sorry. We can't give you electricity now for the next for the next week or so. Why don't you run it on gas? You know, it's just it's just absurd. You have to you have to provide electricity every single minute of the, of the year, and you can't do that on renewables and wind. And if you have renewables on the wind, it'll make it more difficult to do that, not easier. Um, solar and wind aren't a, a help to ESCOM, which is a big enough trouble of its own. They're a burden to it. We've got, we've got something called the Integrated Resources Plan 2019, and it's an absolute disaster. It's been drawn up by the CSIR and the Department of Energy. I think they've been captured by green interests. And what is, what is asking for by the, by the year 2030s, lots and lots of wind and solar with, with a backup of gas. Well, we haven't got the gas. That is a disastrous combination mm-hmm. shown all around the world. Is going to lead to soaring electricity prices and even more blackouts than we've got now. You know, ESCOM doesn't need ESCOM doesn't need help for getting into trouble. It's in enough trouble of its own. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, going, I'm going to have to stop you there, uh, Andrew, right. with the, the promise to get you back on to take ESCOM and uh, nuclear energy further. Um, okay. But we've come to the end of our time, unfortunately, because it was both. Uh, in, 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 uh, instructive and and entertaining and I have to thank you very very much for joining us and uh, as I say hopefully I can get you back on again um, to to explode some myths absolute pleasure thank you very much